Hello, I'm Jonathan Mast, and welcome to this edition of the Sedgwick Podcast. Today, my guest is Bo Bishop, Senior Vice President, Catastrophe Operations for Sedgwick, and uh, really looking forward to talking to Bo today. Bo does a lot of interesting stuff, and he's going to share with us uh, planning for disasters before they strike. Got some great information. So, Bo, thanks for being with us today. Thank you for having me. Well, I understand you're out out in the field right now and uh, doing some work and things, and we'll just jump right in, talk about uh, first question, when disaster strikes, um, getting the right catastrophe solutions to the right places quickly are essential. And, Bo, if you could tell us some about the vast range of needs necessary to handle different types of damage that uh, people might need to think about, uh, if we can jump in right there, that'd be great. Absolutely. The first thing that we think about when a catastrophe strikes is the safety of the people involved, the safety of the insureds, uh, the safety of the first responders that uh, will be coming to assist them. Uh, one of the nice things here at Sedgwick is we have a temporary housing uh, division that can you know, quickly uh, get rooms at hotels, Airbnbs, um, find places for people who are displaced uh, that have damage to their homes and get them into a safe environment, uh, as well as help uh, the first responders find locations where they can stage to come and assist. Um, you know, secondly, we look at the mitigation uh, factor of the losses. Uh, if a home has open windows or a penetration through the roof, we want to get those covered up so that we limit the exposure try to keep down things like mold and water getting into a home. And then if they do have mold and water, we want to make sure that we can get those remediated, try to keep the, the losses to a minimum as possible. Uh, you know, then we transition into our, you know, adjusting services. You know, have a team of adjusters that get out there and take a look at, you know, what has happened, what has occurred, uh, apply the coverages that people have and uh, see what we can do to get money in their hands and try to get them back on their feet or get their businesses back open as quickly as possible. Um, in some situations where we have high severity or complex severity, we have a team of engineers and building consultants that we can bring in to assist us, and, and that does two things. One, it makes sure that we properly um, rebuild and and create a, a, a structure that is, is sound going forward, but it also allows us to have uh, the additional resources to really, um, you know, penetrate an area and make sure that we can do more in a quicker time frame. Um, when we talk about commercial losses, uh, a lot of those have loss of service uh, provisions within their policies where they have business interruption to help them, you know, for loss of income. And even on some personal policies, we have additional living expenses uh, to help with uh, the cost associated with having to move out and move back in. We have a forensic accounting team that helps us with any type of financial matters like that and can assist us in making sure that we're accounting for, for all the different expenses that are being incurred and help us properly uh, get that, that money back into the insured's hands. And then lastly, for Larger businesses that have lots of content, if you think about grocery stores or warehouses, they have just 
hundreds or hundreds of thousands of items, we have a whole contents division that they specialize in helping us count that inventory, get it accounted for, and um, make sure that uh, the insureds are covered uh, and everything is replaced or paid for uh, according to their policies. Well, that's great. That's awesome to hear how many resources are available and how many different ways uh, Cedric has we have out there to uh, to assist and and a lot to think about as as people uh, can't always anticipate what's coming next. Which leads to the next question: Is what do the first thirty days after a cat look like for insured client insured clients? Well, it's definitely stressful. Um, very rarely, you know, is it not. Um, you, you know, as I mentioned before, the first thing you want to do is make sure that people are safe. Um, that's always the most stressful part of, of any catastrophe. Um, once you identify what you're dealing with, uh, some catastrophes happen uh, in a situation where you see them coming. Most people think of hurricanes. You know, you see it on the news, you track it, you watch it. You get an idea of where it may make landfall. Um, sometimes we can predict that with weather events like hailstorms, sometimes like with fires. But other times, like with earthquakes or sudden fires, tornadoes, things happen very, very fast. And so you're, you're operating, you know, from your back foot. And so from that perspective, um, you know, you want to try and make sure that you can get to the locations that are affected in a timely manner so that you can get in and start addressing coverage and look at the expected loss. Um, when we talk about our clients, um, you know, they're looking for the number of people affected, the number of policies they have in force in a particular area. They're looking for how much uh, how much expenditure they may have. So we, we need to try and get them uh, updated and, and as close to real uh, number of reserves as possible so that they can make sure that they can fund the losses. Um, just really need to know what type of exposure they're looking at. And then probably the last thing is the personal lines versus the commercial lines give two different um, outlooks for the clients. The personal lines, you usually are dealing with a lot more volume, a lot more um, quantity in the number of losses. Uh, so that always makes it more stressful because you're dealing with higher volume of claims. Um, conversely, when you get into the commercial space, and that it does include like condominiums and hotels, um, you add in the additional layers of the business interruption, um, the downtime, uh, the inventory, things of that nature. So, you know, in a word, the first 30 days, they're stressful. Uh, they're busy. Um, but it's not uncommon for people uh, in this area to deal with. No, it makes makes total sense. And again, having that expertise that you bring helps helps a lot. Having seen it many times in many forms, but you know, another challenge can be having the right resources to ensure uh, that those who are impacted are taken care of. Uh, when you have resources prepared, turnaround time is fast, which leads to better outcomes. Talk some more about how our teams of adjusters, contractors, experts, et cetera, uh, play a role in that. Well, with the company our size, the coordination of all the different resources becomes, you know, very important. 
currently within the U.S. We have uh, just north of 800 uh, on staff or, you know, full-time colleague adjusters that can go out and work claims within the U.S. and, and even in some of the outlying areas. Uh, in addition to that, we support them with somewhere between 4,000 and 5,000 independent contractors. Um, these independent contractors have varying skill sets. So depending on what we're looking for, uh, what the exposure is, what the cause was, we can, uh, we can put specific people for, you know, specific tasks. Windstorms being different than hurricanes, being different than floods, being different than earthquake, being different than fire. We, we have the flexibility to, to ramp up to whatever the, um, you know, the catastrophic event may be. In addition to the loss adjusting, though, we, you, we do have the engineering, uh, the building consultants, our repair services, uh, our contents division that all create a constant wave of support to allow us to, to flex up or down depending on, you know, where something were to occur and what the severity of it is. Um, and then lastly, you know, we're, we're becoming more global um, in, in our reach. Um, we've done a lot of work with Australia, Canada, the United Kingdom. Um, you know, the, the areas that are English-speaking are a lot easier for us to assist with, but that doesn't mean that we can't help in other areas like Latin America or even, you know, up in Canada, uh, Canada where we have, you know, French-speaking um, insurers and clients. Lastly, I would like to bring up our operations based in the U.S. They can handle a considerable amount of volume for those files that don't necessarily require a field investigation, and they are able to assist our colleagues throughout the world. Currently, they are helping our clients and colleagues in Canada, the United Kingdom, Australia, and perhaps here in the near future, New Zealand. Well, this next question, nothing in the world today operates without technology playing a, a major role. And same has to be true with uh, responses to catastrophe. So from our perspective, technology and data, what role do they play? Well, I mean, they're vital. Uh, technology, especially when it comes to our claim systems, when our adjusters and engineers and um Building consultants are out in the field. Our claims management systems are all cloud-based. Uh, we're allowed uh, a lot of access and freedom to, to get out and do work remotely. Um, one constraint can be post-catastrophe. If you don't have Internet or cell service, it might take, you know, getting back to, uh, you know, a hotspot or a landline where you can reconnect and reestablish to, to upload your data. Uh, obviously, cameras have come a long way between the cameras that we carry with our phones to 360 cameras and point-to-point uh, -point cameras that allow us to map uh, a, a site or a location, a hotel. We can take cameras from room to room. They capture 360 degrees and allow you a virtual uh, workspace so that when you come back, you literally can walk from one door to the next. You can go in a building and out of a building and see virtually every square inch of that building after you've left it, which is just amazing technology. 
sort of allows uh, a lot of flexibility for what you can do um, post-inspection. Uh, and it also uh, helps prevent mistakes and allows for a lot greater speed. Um, we hear a lot about drones and satellites, and those are, you know, sexy ideas, but they don't provide a real-time function as much as we would like for them to. There are certain situations um, when we're dealing with acreage, um, farmland, agriculture, golf courses, drones come in amazingly um, uh, helpful to allow us to be able to look at a lot of acreage or square footage and get a good overview of, of the size and scope of damage. Satellite technology is fantastic from the standpoint of before and after. If you think of a hurricane where you want to know what did the what did the situation on the ground look like two days ago uh, or a day prior to an event, and then subsequent to that, we can take a look at that same imagery a day or two after the event. That allows us to see magnitude, depth, severity. What type of damage are we looking at? Flood, wind-driven rain, wind, uh, fire, perhaps even uh, smoke. You know, you can watch smoke plumes and see which direction they're going. So those are things that we can do. And then lastly, I would say that, you know, a lot of our efforts uh, as we're moving forward are in the auto adjudication process. Now, what that means is using uh, artificial intelligence to uh, take first notice of loss, get it into our systems, get the claims up and running faster. That will allow us to handle claims exponentially faster than ones that have to be manually be entered into our system. Also, the auto adjudication process allows for certain criteria that we can load into our systems. If this occurs and if you have this, then we can pay this. Um, anything that we can do to, to take the simple things uh, out of the equation uh, that don't require a lot of effort or they require the same level of effort and we can teach a system to do it automatically, drastically uh, improves our response time and our speed and our ability to uh, respond uh, rapidly and with uh, a lot more breadth. Certainly, that's, it's just an amazing advancement, and it keeps growing all the things that we see in, in the technology arena from even just two years ago, and you think back further how much it's grown I guess this question really is at the heart of everything. You know, what can be done pre-loss to ensure a better post-loss experience? And that sounds odd, but we do know that most likely at some point in time, people are going to experience potential for a loss. So the the old saying is, you know, uh, an ounce of prevention type thing. What what can people do to to be better prepared and to mitigate maybe what happens after a catastrophic event? I think knowing your policy would be always recommended. Now, a lot of these policies are large and cumbersome and have a lot of technical words and information in it. Um, but knowing the broad strokes of your policy, what it does and does not cover, uh, perhaps knowing your deductible or maybe even your limits uh, can be can be helpful. 
if you think about it from the standpoint, if you if you know you have a high deductible and you have very minimal damage, you could save everyone a lot of time and and um, you know perhaps not file a claim. Conversely, if you know that you do have coverage and it is for what uh, has occurred, knowing that you have that coverage helps you um, get a resolution that much faster. Um, knowing your agent or broker, having a relationship with, with those individuals, knowing how to get in touch with them, both, you know, daytime and nighttime, having, you know, their contact people um, or, you know, person or people is always helpful in their phone numbers. And have those in your phone, your cell phone, so if you have to evacuate, you still have that information with you. If you have a policy, it's always great to try and keep it with you or have a PDF version of it that you can, you know, retrieve via email somehow. Um, the other thing that you can do, you know, for a better post-loss experience would be take heed of evacuation notices. Um, trying to live in a situation post-catastrophe is very, very difficult. A lot of times you don't have electricity, you don't have water, you don't have emergency services. Life is a lot more comfortable dealing with what has happened if you're in a safe environment. And I think more and more in the intensity of these storms, the breadth of these storms, people need to take heed of these evacuation notices. They need to know the routes to evacuate. Watch your local state uh, weather uh, reporting. Find out what's going on. Look for low-lying areas. Look for um, pinch points and traffic. Uh, so that you know how to get out of the situation. Um, and then lastly, whether it be a home or a business, as we just talked about with technology, everyone walks around with an amazing piece of technology in their hand or in their pocket or in their purse every day, and that's their cell phone. You can take video. You can take photos. Uh, knowing what you have, knowing what was there, knowing the condition or state in which you left it, is all helpful to adjusting uh, post-catastrophe. It's a lot easier to look at before and after and, and help assess what was there and what is, it, what is the condition of it now. Now, we're certainly not asking anyone to hop up on their roofs or do anything dangerous. I don't mean that. But knowing, you know, hey, we had this furniture here, this inventory here. This is the state of... Uh, of our house, you know, from the front porch before we left, and this is what we came home to. Any type of information that can be provided post-catastrophe from the insured is always welcome. Those are all great tips and things to think about. I know I've got a lot of pictures of just my property just in case, so it's, it's always good to have that. I know it's always difficult to talk about specifics, but We've had, unfortunately, plenty of uh, examples of catastrophes in the last couple of years and other events that you've been a part of. Can you talk about an example uh, of a loss that uh, ways your team followed, you know, this Cedric's Caring Count philosophy to support our clients and communities in, in general terms? What I can tell you is if we think to this current year with Hurricane Ian, it uh, affected the western uh, shores of Florida. 
and then impacted the state of Florida up through the I-4 corridor and then up into the Carolinas. That storm was relatively impactful to one particular area. And so from that standpoint, we can descend all of these resources down and help people from from beginning to end um, in a quick and efficient manner. Conversely, we had a winter storm that hit the U.S. between Christmas Eve and New Year's. That event has affected almost 40 states. The reason I bring that one up is the fact that Sedgwick has enough size and scope and magnitude that we were able to help individuals in all of these 40 locations with both staff colleagues and with contractors. We have engineers. We have all of the various services at our disposal, and they have been able to help in each and every one of those states. And having the ability to go anywhere at a moment's notice has proven to be such a a great um, advantage uh, for us to to be able to help people and help them quickly. That's very true, and I know all the all the team is is always out there on you know on demand and has been tremendous in their responses. And we hear so many great stories that come out of how our uh, the, the Cedric colleagues have helped those uh, during times of need. So as we close, lastly, where can people learn more about CAT claims, catastrophe planning, and response solutions, Bo? Well, as with any company uh, these days, we have, you know, a very robust website, Um they could visit our CAT Resource Center, which is located at Cedric.com. There is a CAT Resource Center uh, button there in the uh, upper portion of the screen. Um, they also could contact our team at newassignment at Cedric.com, which is always a, a great way to for for anybody to uh, to report a claim. Um, they also, from our website, could reach out to our sales team directly. Uh, especially if it's a client and they want to know more about uh, specific services or if they have specific questions about the scope and breadth of our services. Um, as we've mentioned uh, during this uh, interview, that we have such an expansive variety of things and services that we can offer. Um, sometimes it takes more than just a simple conversation. You know, it takes presentation. It takes Q&A. And uh, we're certainly happy to do that with uh, anyone who, you know, wants to know more about us. Um, and then lastly, I would say um, knowing the uh, operational steps of, of a catastrophe is always important. If you go through our sales department, we can walk people through um, the planning stages of an event that we know is going to occur and how we respond to those. You think a hurricane where we track it for a week and we watch it make landfall, that is a particular um, set of criteria that we follow and, and people want to know, how exactly do you do that? Well, that's, that's a scenario that's better walked through, more presentation style. And then secondly, for those that happen real time, the easiest example of that would be an earthquake. What does our immediate response look like? 
those things are better handled with a verbal communication or a presentation as opposed to just a simple uh, click on this link and, you know, let us take you there. So we can do both. Um, so highly recommend going to Sedgwick.com and, and looking at the services that we provide. They're all listed there. And then specific to CAT, take a look at the Catastrophe uh, Resource Center. And it uh, it will direct you to uh, to myself as well as many others that are here to help. Well, Bo, thank you for all the great information today. And, and this is always one of those areas where no one wants to, you know, have to be a part of these services, but we know they happen. And so the planning, the preparation, knowing how to contact, access, knowing that Sedgwick and our great team will be there, all this is really important. So, again, thanks for for taking time to speak with us today. Absolutely. I appreciate the the time. And uh, anytime you need help or need any information, I'm, I'm here to assist. Well, to our listeners, until next time, have a great week.